Ahoy there, matey. Welcome aboard the world of boating. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. You're going to need a bigger boat. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. I was just looking in to buy the boat of my own. Call World of Boating toll-free now at 1-888-28-BOAT. That's 1-888-828-BOAT. And welcome. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate. That is me, along with Captain Patrick. We are your crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information. Uh, Rusty's at a wedding. Uh, Barry the boater is having computer issues today. So uh, maybe next week or the week after we'll connect with him. Uh, however, we've brought in the big guns to help out. We got, we got an extra crew member, at least temporarily, and that'd be Captain Keith Ammons. Keith, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, but I wouldn't consider myself the big guns, maybe the pea shooter. Okay. Well, that's usually my role. I, I, I like that <laughs> gig. Uh, I'll tell you what. You take the pea shooter, I'll take the water balloons. Cause, uh, there we you know, go. We, we, we'll take on Patrick. Okay. They are. Now you're talking. Patrick? What? Do you have a issue with that? No. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. You're going you're to get killed, buddy. All right. So anyway, a lot of boating stuff going on uh, this week, but we haven't talked to Keith in so long. We got to catch up with him, I think. So uh, you work at Regulator Marine, and one of the cool things I saw posted up on Facebook uh, in the last you know few weeks, uh, you'd posted a video about I, I guess your boss. She won some kind of big award or something. What's going on, Keith? She did. There's the there's the thing called the uh, I think it's Hamilton Leadership Award in the marine industry. And it recognizes those people in the marine industry who go above and beyond to help grow the industry um, and promote the industry uh, there. And it was done in Washington, D.C., and it had, traditionally this is a male-dominated industry, and there's always been men who's won this award and won some of the other awards. And this past, uh, for the past year, Joan Maxwell, the owner of Regulator, was a winner, but they had co-winners this year. And it was the first time a female had ever won, ever won, and they were both females. And Chris Carroll, who is the CEO of Grady White, so a Grady White CEO and regulator owner and CEO, uh, both won the award this year. And I, I found it an honor to work for a woman who is so instrumental in continuing to push forward uh, our industry. Oh, absolutely. Congratulations to them. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a, a quite an accomplishment. And, you know, I, I didn't know when you posted it who it was. You were just congratulating uh, this this person. I wasn't sure. I was like, does he work for her? I did, I, you know, I didn't look at it that close. But that's that's pretty awesome. So, uh, obviously. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, yeah, I'm excited. I work for her. I get to see her every day. And, you know, she's my mentor uh, as well, helping me uh, along, along the path. And, and, you know, not only she posts re- promotes a regulator where she works, but she's a promoter of the entire industry and of fishing uh, in all aspects of it. Mm. Okay. Now, now, Joan, Joan, and her husband—they founded, uh, or her husband Owen—they founded Regulator in was it nineteen eighty-eight? That sound right? Nineteen eighty-eight. This, this is this. Yes, that's exactly right. This is our thirty-year anniversary. September, I think September second is the thirty-year mark um, that we'll be celebrating. We'll have some exciting thirty-year anniversary videos and news and specials and stuff coming out late summer into the fall, um, but. They founded it together, but Owen is truly an engineer 
Uh, he sits in his office. He does his own little thing. He doesn't want anybody to report to him, nobody to stop and talk. He likes to draw and design, and he's a spectacular engineer. But Joan really runs the company, and she's grabbed it from day one and really runs with everything. So she's the face of the company. She's the face of the company. She's the decision maker. And um, he's simply the engineer who helps design the boats. That's, well, that's quite the partnership. I mean, it's 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 hard enough when you have – if you ever see married couples out on a boat, you know, I mean, it's World War Three. A married <laughs> couple owning a boat company is uh, – Well, it sounds like they got it right. She's they did. the face of the company, just like in a marriage. You better make sure she is the face of the marriage or you're in big trouble. Yeah, and, you know, and, and the great thing is when you see Joan and Owen out boating together, and they do go out there boating, now, they both love to fish, but you see Joan as the captain of the boat. She runs this boat. She manages it. She puts it in the water. She knows how to handle it. And Owen's sitting in the chair in the back with his fishing pole in the water trying to catch a fish. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty much, you know, how every guy should be. Well, he's, he's thinking up new boat designs. Well, he's know, catching well, fish. Well, he is. He, well, is. he doesn't want to do nothing but catch no, fish. No, no, no. He's he's sitting out back. He's contemplating while he's – I guarantee you the, the, the gears are spinning in his head – he doesn't want to be, you know, tied up with operating the boat. He's got enough. He's thinking, okay, I'm fishing on this boat. What can we improve? How about if we did this? No, he, did he, it's very simple, Patrick. He's thinking while he sits there fishing, how can I make this boat better so I can catch more fish? That's his main mission. He has zeroed thought, I, in on I that. I thought that's I what I just said. I no. can swear that's just what I said. No. What I just said. No, he's talking another language. Wouldn't you agree, Keith? Just agree with me, and we'll move on. Okay. Well, no, I'm, I'm going to have to be in Patrick's corner what? on this. I think that's what he said. I don't believe it. You guys uh, don't yep. talk the same language. That doesn't seem uh, we Keith uh, and I are closer together in our views on the marine industry than you would like to believe, Greg. Yeah. We just have uh, slightly different takes on maybe economic indicators. Boat shows. And yeah. boat shows. <laughs> so yeah. Boat shows and economic. Yeah, boat shows and economic <laughs> indicators. We okay. would disagree somewhat. But other than that, I think we both agree on most things. All right. Yeah, well, or an approach. You know, Patrick's more of like uh, the cup is half empty. You know, uh, Keith is more like it's half full. Fair? Is that a fair? Uh, no. No. <laughs> what do you mean no? <laughs> what, overall uh, boating industry we're not. Stuff? We're not diametrically opposed. Well, no, you feel pretty good about the boating industry right now, don't you, Keith? I, I, I think it's continuing to uh, grow. You see the growth numbers that are incredible out there as an industry in general. It's still a very pro-American uh, industry. Um, you know, it's a net exporter. More, more boats are exported than imported, and there's very few net exporting industries left in the United States. So that's a good thing. It, it is, as long as... Okay, here comes the cup is half empty No, no, part. as long as <laughs> the current administration takes into account the u.s manufacturing jobs and the fact that we do export and as Keith said you know boats built in the u.s are huge overseas right you know and so it's, if the absolutely. tariffs go into effect it could affect the boating and industry that's in a, a lot of we, we talked about yeah. the letter that that tom damrick you know had had put out the statement and there, right. there are hundreds of thousands of jobs uh direct manufacturing and then you've got your trickle down jobs you know to your your suppliers your vendors um that could be affected so you know it's it's a it's a it's a tough line to walk but this is one of those bright spots 
for U.S. manufacturing. Okay. And the boating industry is bigger in the United States or in North America than anywhere else in the world by a long shot. There's roughly about 120 million boaters in North America. And the next closest part would be all of Europe at about 20 million. And most so of those 120 that we're yeah, five or six times bigger than the next biggest market. Uh, most of those 120 million are in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of lakes there out here. Yeah, yeah, lakes. yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the, the one thing Keith and I, uh, can also agree on is this announcement from Yamaha on these XTO engines, um, huge, huge announcement. How's that impacting you guys, Keith? Oh, well, directly on our big 41, which previously had quad three fifties is now moved to quad four twenty five. There's <laughs> more weight on the back of the boat. They're mm-hmm. heavier boats, but you know, all of a sudden, you start looking at that horsepower back there. What's that? Seventeen hundred horsepower on the back of that boat yeah, um, on a twenty thousand pound boat. So the thing will handle very, very well and be very fast and a huge performance. Yeah. And but you know, other than just sheer horsepower, Patrick, one of the great things about this, I think many people are overlooking uh, in this, is the new steering system that come with this. And and I have hopes that it will carry all the way on down, even to the small little you know nine point nines and the small motors, but. Uh, the new steering system is where I think a huge win is. Well, what's the difference? What what makes it unique? Well, now it's, they had always talked about electronic fly-by-wire, and that's been the terminology used for a while, but now it truly is. Uh, all the hydraulic pumps are gone. So now when you typically had looked in a bilge of a boat that had an outboard, somewhere around there you had to have a pump system that it was used to steer it, especially on the bigger boats that had to have that where it's not completely manual steer uh, in there. Um, all that is gone, and it's all incorporated into the motor um, there. And the way the motor is even put together, now you can change the lower unit oil while the boat's into the water. I mean, you don't even have to pull it out to change that lower unit oil because the old system was you had to drop the foot and you had to really do a lot of things to change oil. Um, now it becomes much easier to maintain due maintenance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the, with the the, high, the old hydraulic steering systems, or I'd say current, you know, one of the issues there was, of course, always having to bleed those systems. And, you know, uh, if you had a hose leak, it could get really messy. Um, but joystick control in these multiple engine offerings as well is something we can talk about when we come back. Let's do it, because I can even uh, operate a, a boat with a joystick. I've done it before. I can do it again. More coming up on the World of Boating. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. 
a state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons flight training professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Even Keatley wasn't ready for me or anything that followed. Chased by a police department, led by his ex-girlfriend, and hunted by brain-fork-wielding Fijian assassins, it's everything he can do to keep from getting locked up, killed, or worse. Kava Screw is available as an ebook for $2.99 at Amazon.com. Kava Screw. Put a brain fork in him. He's done. You have successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the one. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. The sun, the sea air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. I'm so sorry. Am I missing something? Where's your boat? Take me down to my boat on the river And I won't cry This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, and Captain Keith Ammons helping us out uh, at least for another segment or so. So uh, joystick control is one of the new, well, not joystick, but fly-by-wire. Fly-by-wire with the steering systems. Mm -hmm. And again, hydraulic steering was always, uh, I really don't want to say problematic, but I'm going to say problematic. Well, more stuff, Uh more problems, right? Well, more more moving parts, right. um, it, fluid, push-pull. Um, and then you had that you could get a base package, and then you could get power-assisted steering, because if you spend enough time in a boat that didn't have the power assist, you, you know, it it wear on you, you know, if you're out on the water all day. So going to the fly-by-wire um, really makes it a nice, neat package, um, especially on the manufacturing end. You know, it's a lot easier to install, and uh, you don't have to worry about, again, having to bleed the system, um, you know, run a power bleeder and, you know, get all the air out of the the hydraulic lines, and you don't have to worry about leaks and stuff of that nature. Okay. And I guess you would agree, Keith. Is that right? And it creates room, too. It creates room, because room is always of a premium when you're on a boat. Where do I store this? Where do I keep this? Now, when you start cleaning out some of the bilge area... Uh, from the manufacturing side, and you get rid of those hoses and those pumps. Now you have extra storage room in boats, so it's creating 
a little more user-friendly boat for people who need a place to store things. Well, has this new uh, feature on these outboards from Yamaha, has that made the uh, outboards bigger and heavier because of that feature too, or not really? No, that, does, that, doesn't, doesn't, make the en- that doesn't make the engines heavier. It, these, these new engines are about uh, tickling 1,000 pounds you know, each. So there was, I think there was an increase in weight from the previous offerings, but, you know, the horsepower gain, um, you know, more than makes up for it. And you have a boat that's built such as uh, Regulator, which can more than handle, you know, that horsepower hanging on the transom. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a package that's going to f- perform exceptionally well. The extra space that you have, of course, now you got room to put in one of those Seakeeper stabilizers. Which correct. does, and matter of fact, on the Regulator Forty One, it, it becomes standard. It's a standard feature really? on there, and in the most premium brand boats, you're starting to see them at least as an option, if not standard. That, that's another game changer in our industry. Now, how do you put that on? What the Seakeeper stabilizer it, does? What again? It stabilizes the boat, takes the yeah. pitch and roll out. Yeah. Right, but is it like fins on the bottom? No, of the no, hull? it's what? a gyro. Oh, the gyro, giant thing. gyro, oh, giant. Gyro. Got water cooled. Mm. It's it's a compact unit, but I, I know some some of the challenges with that. Of course, is you know uh, dedicating a a single water source. I know some manufacturers are uh, teeing in not only their air conditioning systems but the the uh, stabilizer as well to a single through haul. You know, running through the uh, uh, the strainer. Um, to provide the the cooling water, and every manufacturer of components out there seems to want their own dedicated water source. Um, you know, when we're dealing with electronics, it seems like everybody wants to have their own dedicated battery. You know, dedicated battery for a bow thruster, dedicated battery for an anchor power winch, so on and so forth. But the manufacturers are tasked with: we've only got so much room, and we're only going to drill so many holes in the bottom of this boat. Right. But that would be one worth drilling one for, if you could afford it. But and it's standard with the regulator. That's kind of nice. If yeah, you get, it, go with the it, 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 and and I think Patrick did bring up a neat thing. It is about power management with today's boats. When you start looking at all the features you put on there, the electronics you put on there, air conditioner, you know, a gyro, a sea keeper on there, you know, windless anchors, and all that kind of stuff. You do have to think about power management, and power management always becomes more challenging. But now that, you know, lithium batteries and those kind of things are becoming more and more popular, you see in those kind of higher-end batteries to be able to handle that. And as technology continues to drive forward in the world, whether it's cars, planes, or whatever, um, as power management becomes better, you'll see more and more advancements in the boating industry. Yeah, I think at a, at a minimum, you know, if you're going with the old standard batteries going in, I, I I think you're doing a disservice to your boat if you're if you've got a newer boat and you're going anything less than say a 31 series because the demand on the batteries whether it's from the engines or uh the uh, auxiliary accessories, you know, is such that it really does put um quite a demand more so now than ever before on available battery power mm-hmm. well that makes sense but let's Absolutely. talk about uh you know why we're doing all this stuff and that is to go out there and get on the water and wow. you know catch some fish or something but yeah. you, they're running off the uh off the east coast right now the tuna are running is that right pat or uh, uh yep yeah that would be it's Keith. been a Keith. good summer so far they started running in may and now all the way deep into june we are 
They have been running the big blues there, yellow fins. Not only there, the Gulf of Mexico. You know, a, a decade ago, it was kind of unheard of for big blue fins to make it up into the Gulf of Mexico. And when they was, it was far and few between. Mm. Now they're becoming a regular um, species uh, up in there. And I don't know if that's a changing climate or the food sources or just, you know, uh, over time, them changing where their feeding grounds were. But but the people in that area this summer have been good everywhere. Yeah, but the people in the area don't care because they like that. I mean, that's, that's been on my dream to go catch a bluefin tuna. I have not been able to do that type of fishing just yet. Go to Publix. No. Just, just save yourself the it's money. Not, that's not the same. Here, here, well, uh, you, 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 you come, come visit us in North Carolina, oh, Greg. Off the Oregon Inlet, you can be in 200 foot of water and catch a bluefin. And your odds of landing the bluefin are much greater because traditionally, when you're recreational fishing for big bluefin tuna, which, uh-huh. you know, 600, 800,000 pounds, 12, 1,400 pounds, when you're in deep water, because you usually catch those in 1,000-foot-plus water, those big fish will spool you. If they're smart, they dive straight down, and they got enough room to get down, right. they will run all your line off and break it off. When mm-hmm. they start coming up into shallower water, you have a better chance because they don't have the depth to their advantage to spool the reel. But how big are we talking about? Like these big monster tuna you see on Wicked Tuna TV shows and things, or what? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, 800 I mean, it's, it's, it's very realistic to go out there and catch a six or 800-pounder. Wow. So big that when you boat the tuna, you are doing tuna steaks right there. Yum. Absolutely. Yeah. You haven't done the that. shimmy on the back deck. I was going to say, that's a lot of sushi. Yeah. So have you done that yet this year already uh, there, Keith, or no? No, I have been working. Now, I get photos every week of our owners and uh, some of our dealers and stuff out there catching them. But for some reason, I am stuck in the office working away, and I'm not getting to fish near about as much as I would like. Mm-hmm. You know, Keith, you and I are both literally, and no pen intended, the same boat. We are in the same boat when it comes to that because we both work in the industry. We both work from boat manufacturers. We're both licensed captains, and we can't get into a boat. I'll give you one of those signs that says, uh, not home, gone fishing. All right, more coming up on the World of Boating. Listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. This is the World of Boning. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, and also Captain uh, Keith, Keith Ammons from uh, Regulator Marine, helping us out. And just a, a boat guy in the know. He knows a lot that's been going yep. on in the industry for years. Greg, we were just talking about bluefin tuna and stuff right. uh, just a moment or two ago. Mm-hmm. But you know what we haven't mentioned yet when it comes to fishing, which is huge this year up and down the East Coast and in the Gulf of Mexico, is the new red snapper limits. Uh, yes. um, the government finally eased up all the red snapper limits, and I've been seeing great catches coming back in week after week this summer. Yeah, actually, I may be uh, taking advantage of that uh, next week. Uh, I'm going up to Gulf Shores, Alabama, and I believe they all have, right, my old stomping ground. Yeah, they got red snapper in that neck of the woods, don't they? They do. They have yeah. lots of up there, and uh, um, that's where I grew up. I still have some friends, Facebook friends, and I've been seeing my Facebook friends. Posting their daily limits of like ten fish a piece. 
Yeah. Catching them there. Nice red snappers as well. Yeah, I, I expect to go up there, uh, catch them red snapper during the day on an ocean-going uh, vessel, and then at night being abducted by aliens. Gulf Shores, Alabama is an alien hotspot. You know that, right? You well, you grew up there. You're probably half alien. I did. There's lots of trailer parks there. If you go to the trailer parks, you can talk to anybody that's been abducted. <laughs> okay, there you go. So that is my uh, summer vacation plan. But yeah, the the uh, you know the uh, red snapper limit. That hopefully they'll leave it open. I guess we'll find out after this season of of uh, them opening up the the catch there and they monitor the you know the the take right. Right, exactly, and I believe so. That they they had it locked up for almost ten years, where it was really tight, and the problem had become the red snapper population had expanded so much you couldn't get to the other species of fish because the red snapper were you couldn't get your lines to the bottom to try to catch a grouper or a cobia or anything else because the red snapper were eating it up. And now that they finally opened it back up, maybe they'll find the balance. Yeah. Yeah, actually, the last time I went fishing for red snapper was right before they closed down the fishery. So it's been about 10 years. There you go. So I'm going to go back and see for myself, and I'll report back accordingly here on the uh, World of Boating. But I'm not bringing you any fish, Patrick. Thank you. More coming up. Stay close. Maybe I'll bring some for Keith. Listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Come on, Wiggins, what are you standing around for here? Get on board. Get on board. Don't fret. Don't try to. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, and Captain Patrick, we've let uh, Keith go fishing. I feel bad for him when he talked about having to work all the time and not being able to go out there on the water and go catch him a bluefin tuna or something or a redfish. All that talk of fishing makes you want to go fishing. I I could hear that in his voice. Now, Patrick, on the other hand, uh, he doesn't care. Well, you don't don't express any type of... uh uh, sorrow when I talk about how you know I'm stuck in the office. I know and you can't don't care on a boat. You don't care about fishing. Yeah, you're not. Well, a, you don't. You're not a big fishing guy. I, I, you just told me before, like I want to go catch bluefin tuna. You said ah, I go to the grocery store. That's not the same. I spent enough of my youth out on a banana river uh, fishing in Port Canaveral inside the uh, the Trident Basin uh, yeah. when the nuclear sub was out. Right and. Uh, fishing off pelican flats and stuff like that so mm-hmm. uh, i i i did my share i got more than my fill um your your hands still smell like fish and you're just kind of sick of it kind of my hands um hmm. so yeah i mean what I've, kind of I've, fishing were you doing i i've moved on from you know that particular aspect You've evolved from yes. a fisherman to a i don't know what just crotchety old man i am the youngest person on this show 
It's all about attitude, my friend. (laughs) Now, uh, it was unfortunate that that Captain Keith had to uh, go um, because I am going to take a somewhat contrarian position on the state of, uh, how do I want to say, accessories on, on boats. And in that, I mean, those Seakeeper stabilizers are one. It's a wonderful product. Um, but I question really the need to have it because my whole experience in boating from the time that I was a preteen mm-hmm. is I always enjoyed the motion of the boat. I enjoyed the pitch and the roll. I enjoyed feeling the boat surge. It's I mean, all about the motion of the ocean. That I enjoy that aspect of it. And honestly, I think I'm at a point now where if I was taking somebody out for a day on a boat and they're prone to seasickness, you know, and of course, stabilizer is going to make for a much nicer ride for them. Right. Uh, you know what? Here's some Dramamine. Um, you know, well, put this wristband on, you know, whatever it is. Or, you know, hey, here's, here's a uh, five-gallon bucket, you know, um, don't let the... Uh, you know, puke touch any parts of my boat. Yeah, you're um, saying that's not the not the uh, right way to look at it. You should. You're not a true, you know, ocean going, you know, a mar- mariner because you you would rather have a a soother ride with a stabilizer. Yes, I, I again. So you think a, it's a, a cheating? Pure, a pure. I, I think a pure boater, you know, understands the nature of boating and looks forward. To to that. puking over the side of the boat? No, no because uh. that person doesn't own a boat. Okay, <laughs> it would be it would be it'd be like a person who's got a fear of height, um, getting their pilot's license. It would make no sense whatsoever. Okay. Well, okay. Now, so, my, the first time uh, I spent an extended period of time on a boat, I was uh, crossing the Gulf Stream. Mm-hmm. From West Palm Beach over to the Bahamas, uh-huh. and we had to cross over in the evening. Uh-huh. And they warned us that we were going to be experiencing ten to twelve foot seas uh-huh. in a sixty foot vessel. It could be a little rough. I've been now. Been I didn't those, really know those conditions. I, yeah, okay, you have at that point in my boating uh, adventures. I had not, and I didn't really know what that meant. Until, you know, we got about an hour into the trip and every single person on the boat, including the captain, was, uh, you know, puking his guts out. And it was like we were on Gilligan's Island. Were you, ta- uh, were you, taking, were you taking green water over the bow? We were taking, I, you know, I didn't have time to focus on anything because I was, I was, green water was coming out of my stomach. You know what I'm saying? It was disgusting. It was one of the worst experiences I ever had in my life. I swore that as soon as we got over into the Bahamas and got into customs, I was going to get off that damn boat and fly directly. <laughs> well, I got I got news for you. In ten to twelve foot seas, uh, yeah. that stabilizer is not going to do well. well. True, but I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> you know? but, but the the result of the or the what ended up happening is when we got over to customs in the Bahamas, uh, we did not check into the main island customs house. They diverted because of the weather. And when we docked in this little hole-in-the-wall building place, I thought we were on an out island in the Bahamas, and there was no airport for me to go to. Now, a few years later, I realized we were just on the west end of Grand Bahama Island, 
and I could have taken a cab into into the city. But when I got into there, I didn't tell anyone I was going to get off the boat and fly home. I didn't want to expose my my weeniness to everyone else on the vessel. But I was there. But 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 I thought I was like, oh great, I'm stuck. Well, again, in, in those conditions, a stabilizer is not going to do you a whole lot of good. And in those uh, what we call the the basic boating conditions or normal boating conditions, again, I enjoy that aspect of boating. I'm also one that even with the uh, myriad of electronics that are available, um, autopilot and joystick controls. When I moved that 42-foot yacht up from Miami recently, you know, the person I was with, you know, we're running outside. It's a gentle two-foot, you know, off the coast of Florida. So mm-hmm. I, got a, I got a straight shot, more or less, I mean, right up to Port Canaveral. It's going to be an all-day run. But he's like, you gonna, you're going to use autopilot? It's like, no. And he's like, well, why not? It's like, because I don't learn anything about this boat. So you're you're saying I, it's like uh, knowing the cheat codes on Donkey Kong? No, it's I don't learn anything about the boat. I don't get to practice good seamanship. I don't get to uh, polish my skills if I let the computer do it for me. Um, with stabilizers, again, as great of a product as they are, I think that I would be one of those people that would be I enjoy that particular aspect of boating. I enjoy the up and the down and the side to side. I enjoy that because when you're doing that, I mean, you have to run the boat for the conditions. Don't let the conditions run you. And sometimes it's, you know what, we're we're not going out. I think, you know, stabilizers may give people a false sense of stability, if you will, um, as well as just like with modern electronics, give people a false sense of security until that stuff fails and you don't have, and I know you mock me for this, but you don't have paper charts and you don't have a basic set of plotting gear and you don't know how to do a time speed distance calculation. You don't know how to triangulate your position. You don't know how to get back to where you were. You don't know how to calculate set and drift and you can find yourself in trouble and it happens every day where our reliance on these things that make boating more enjoyable or easier and accessible or easier take away that very part of boating that I want to experience. Well, I understand, but I will tell you, you know that trip that I had over to the Bahamas uh, and I thought I didn't have a choice to get off the boat, I actually did. I look back on it and I'm glad I went through it. Because it gave me a threshold of uh, my sea legs, and I kind of developed like, okay, if I can get through this, I can pretty much get through anything like two to threes or something like that. And it's oh, no two to threes deal. would be nothing after twelves. Well, exactly. So, so I'm glad I went through it, and you kind of learn from those experiences in that sense. So, I, I do hear what you're saying, but if you are the boat owner and you're taking someone out on the boat with you, uh-huh. and uh, I understand your romantic you know connection to wanting to feel the ocean and all this kind of stuff and learn from it and that kind of thing but that passenger's turning green and, and about ready to puke then you ain't coming you. on my boat oh yeah, yeah. Well, you're gonna, here's you're, a here's a hefty bag or a bucket and make yourself comfortable because one of the conversations we're going to have is have you been out on a boat before 
Have you? Exper- and then you're going to ha- say if they haven't, ha- you're going to ha- say you can't come. Have you experienced seasickness before? Oh yeah, I'm pro. I've gone. Out, I've taken people out that walking down the dock or to the boat. Right. They're getting dizzy. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, we got to think Dock's about moving. this. We got to think about this, and maybe it's time we get you some Dramamine or you know a, a, a patch, something like that, that will enable you. You wouldn't switch on the uh, stabilizer if you had one there. And when you knew you had that uh, potential uh, time bomb ready to explode on your vessel, I think you would, my friend. You would I believe you're to wrong. The new stuff. You are wrong. Okay, first time ever. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Even Keatley wasn't ready for me, or anything that followed. Chased by a police department led by his ex-girlfriend and hunted by brain-fork-wielding Fijian assassins, it's everything he can do to keep from getting locked up, killed, or worse. Kava Screw is available as an ebook for $2.99 at Amazon.com. Kava Screw. Put a brain fork in him. He's done. Hosting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook Protective Hard Cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers listen up from their high-impact NK resin to their exclusive power claw latches, Nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear. Plus, Nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market. The company has been around for over 15 years, but it's new to the U.S., so we've made a small number of Nanook cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Go there now and check out Nanook, the evolution of protection. Traffic sucks, unless you're scuba diving with Mike Scott. Mike glanced down at his dive computer. It showed less than 50 PSI left in his tank. Probably just a few more breaths. Or riding shotgun in a thrilling car chase. One bullet hit the Jeep's windshield, spiderwebbing the passenger side. Mike shifted into second gear and felt the Jeep leap forward. This just got serious. Escape your commute with audiobooks from author Eric Douglas. Download to your phone. Go to booksbyeric.com or audible.com. You have successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the one. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. The sun, the sea air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Hello there, sir. We are three noble women in distress. Sorry, boat's full. Um... What if one of us were to turn this big ship into a tugboat? <laughs> wink, wink. Wouldn't help you. You're the fourth person to offer that, and I'm kind of spent. Sail away, sweet sister. Sail across the sea. Maybe you find somebody. That is 
Queen, by the way, Patrick, if you didn't know. I know you're a big fan, too. You see that movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, that's coming out in November? I saw the trailer for it when I was watching that new movie, Adrift. And uh, it looks good. That's what we should rename this show. Bohemian Rhapsody? No, Adrift. But you know what? That's that's not a bad idea. The world of being adrift. I don't know. Maybe. But, uh, yeah, I saw that movie. Yeah. It was okay. I mean, it was kind of what you expected. Uh, it was some a guy, little twist to some, some guy built the boat and some chick flew out to go sail with him. Well, yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. And then he but got, they get they out got, on a sailboat and it's a, you know, uh, all hell breaks loose and she I, doesn't have a ton of experience, but enough to get her by and and she figures out a way to get where, where they need to go. She MacGyvered it. Uh, yes, more or less. But, you know, she pulls out the sextant, the whole thing. So, you know, from a nautical perspective, it's interesting. But it wasn't as technical as I thought it would be. I thought they'd get a little bit more into the boating stuff, and they didn't. So it's more, boating stuff is boring. Yeah. It was more about the psychological things, like if you're, you know, adrift at sea. Could you, could, know, could you imagine? If, how are you going to survive if you don't have a volleyball named Wilson uh, to talk to? You can you know, imagine if kind of, Captain Phillips had dealt with strictly with uh, navigating that tanker? Boring. Maybe, maybe, maybe so. Yeah. But, you know, you, you got to, it does make you wonder, though, could you survive at sea by yourself for, you know, uh, months at a time? You know, these people that traverse. Uh, well, under what conditions? Atlantic or whatever. Well, solo. Okay. Do I have enough provisions on board? Of course. Okay. So it's just you and okay. the ocean. Okay. Do you think you would enjoy that for, say, let's say three months by yourself? No connectivity. Mm, yeah, no connectivity. I'd say it's a, it's pretty isolation type do I, thing. Do I have books? Well, yeah, of course. Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. You're gonna be good by yourself. I'm good. I mean, you're kind of borderline crazy already, so there wouldn't be much of a jump for you to start talking to, you know, imaginary, you know, co-captains and you know, fish and stuff like that. I just want to say, borderline crazy is not the official diagnosis that I was given. No? No. Well, what would you call it? I can't tell you. Hmm. But when the fish start talking to you, and you know, the whales answer. That was a Don, great Don Knotts movie. Why, <laughs> why, why wouldn't they talk to me? Yeah, maybe that's what inspired it. I don't know. But uh, but I don't know. I, psychologically, and we've had these stories on the on the show before, how these uh, people that got stranded at sea or how they decided to you know, travel around the world by themselves, how they kept themselves sane. And some of them um, really didn't come out of it necessarily sane or described some, I don't know, uh, a lot of talking to themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess it depends on if you consider that, you know, I think I, I think if I had the ability to write and to read... And I had enough stuff to keep me occupied. Yeah. Um, and I had my, my, again, my supplies. So I'm not in danger of, you know, uh, dying of thirst or starving. Well, you're in the I'm, ocean. I'm, just I'm go good. fishing. No, that oh, gets, that's that right. Gets, you don't do that anymore. That, that, oh, you're doomed. That gets boring. <laughs> hey, um, I did have a story I wanted to hit before we, uh, we sign off. Mm-hmm. And it has got arguably the one word in it that, you demand in almost every boating story, and very rarely does this word ever come up. Greg. No. Oh. Well, it could be synonymous with Greg, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Genius. No. Mm. Poo. What? Poo. 
Okay. The notorious poo jogger, 64 years old, appears down in the dumps as he takes a break on his luxury yacht with his wife and Beagle. So this guy, Andrew McIntosh, uh, apparently had this thing where he was um, relieving himself. Uh, Be at, very, very careful yes, how you describe this story, Patrick. Re- relieving himself at this condo complex okay. and was actually photographed. Um, don't know if it was a security camera or... Photographed in the act. Um, yeah, I mean, it so was... there's evidence showing that this is why they have dubbed him the the poo jogger. Yeah, there there was no doubt. Now what that, does this have to do with boating, though? Like, I wish is I, he like, a boating? Look at that picture. Okay. <laughs> I can't unsee that, Patrick. Like, like, like he was like, hey! Uh, but apparently he's decided to um, uh, escape, if you will, um, on his yacht. So see, I was able to tie in Poo, so your what, okay. favorite thing in the world—that's well, not accurate—and boating. But is he? He was he doing this in marinas, or he just escaped on? No, the yacht? no, it was on this in this condo complex, and this guy was apparently some like bigwig with um, charitable organizations and um, an archdiocese. Was he doing it as a prank, or just like, hey, when you got to go, you got to go? He was or, just a little um, crazy. You okay, know, but when you uh, say he escaped on a yacht, he he fled he uh, he fled the law. They were no, coming after him. He just decided there's got to be better places in this world that I have yet to poo in public. Ah, so don't cruise behind him. I think is what Patrick is trying to say. He'd be easy to spot. That will not be a brown trout. Easy to spot. Anyway, we'll leave it on that disturbing note. Until next time, remember, whether it's sail or motor, life is better as a boater. Safe boating, everyone. World of Boating is brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Any of this getting through to you, son? World of Boating is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Computer standing by. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at (gasps) worldofboating.com. Computers can do that? So tell a friend and come aboard every week for the World of Boating. This is so great. I can't wait. I'm getting goosebumps. Feel me. Feel me. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. TTFN, ta-ta for now. The opinions you just heard on the world of boating are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. What are you being such a weenie for? While on the water, your safety and the safety of many others depends on you. So boat smart and operate your vessel only after receiving the proper training and instruction for your area. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at worldofboating.com.